So we're going to go to Colossians chapter 3. And this is kind of a long scripture, so I, was, I thought Kerry would be here this morning. I don't know where he is, but he's my reader. But I'm going to go ahead and read it. We're going to go ahead and go through 1 through 10. I'm going to go ahead and read this because really our text doesn't begin till after that. But if you don't read 1 through 17, this may not make a lot of sense. So we're going to go through the whole, the whole 1 through 17 very quickly here. So let's, let's read 1 through 10 without me stopping. I think I can do this. Okay, y'all, y'all think I can do it? All right, let's go. Is that one? Okay. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of the earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share all His glory. So put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, with impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still a part of this world. But now is the time to get rid of anger, to get rid of rage, to get rid of malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. Where are we at? Right there, Ethan. Huh? This last one. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are Jew, if you are Gentile, if you are circumcised, if you are uncircumcised, if you are barbaric. Well, what happened? If you are barbaric, if you are uncivilized, did anybody get the rest of it? Huh? Slave or free, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. What happened? Just blow up on me? It cra- Are you going to be able to get anything else up after that? You don't know? Okay, somebody be sure and open up in case I have to have somebody else read the rest of it just in case he can't get it up. That was Colossians 3. You may not have NLT, but just in case. Now, we've been talking about, about money. Those of you who have been here, We've been talking about money. There it is. Way to go, Ethan. You know, even though I'm not up here very much, you're still with me, aren't you? It's just you and I, man. Uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free, Christ is all that matters, and He lives in all of us. Now, we've been talking about money, and money is one of those things that not everybody likes to talk about because as we as Americans, we don't like anybody to tell us what to do with our money. I mean, every time Kate gets up here, and Kate, Kate is a, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know where he got it, but he is, he is a pretty good money guru. He, is, he, he can teach you a lot of things. He can teach you a lot of things that I really can't teach you because I was raised in an you know, environment that I was just raised to work hard and, the, and, 
And the harder I worked, the more money I could have. That's really how I was raised. God's given given my boys a different outlook. Not, not that they don't work, because they do. But they've, he's given them a different outlook that you don't have to work as hard to get the money that you think you need to have. How many of you are with me on this? How many of you understand? I've, I've got, there's two or three like, like me and Jody and, and this, this fellow right over here, and I, can think, and I can think of one or two others that we were raised in, a, in, a, in an environment that we just worked hard, didn't we? I mean, that's, that's really how we, how we were brought up. The harder we worked, the more money we would have. And that's not necessarily true, but that's how we were raised. And hard work ethic is not a bad ethic. But now I'm finding out as I'm reaching, you know, I'm going to be 55 in less than a month. And I'm, and I'm finding out that, that now I really need to understand that there's a better way than mine. How many of you have, find out, have found out that there's a better way than, than your way? Because we tend to think that, you know, our way is the best when it's not always the best. And if we don't follow really what God gives us in His Word, if we just begin to follow the things that, that somebody gives us, that our parents give us. My dad, you know, I went to a wedding in Arkansas. My, all my, both my parents were from Arkansas. And I went to a wedding last Saturday and I came home that night so I could be back here to church. Um, but we had that wedding in a barn. It was cool. That barn was the coolest barn I've ever been to. That was really cool. But I began to talk to some of my relatives that I haven't talked to in a while. I, I, man, I haven't seen some of them since they were little bitty. And now they're bigger than me, you know. And I said, man, what, what, what has happened? You guys are like six foot five. Then I showed them my boys and I said, I guess it really happened to me, you know, because everybody else grew up but me. We began to talk, and you know, I, and I began to tell them some things they didn't under, they didn't know, they didn't understand, because they're the next generation coming up. And we talked around the table, and I said, you know, I believe that the next generation, the next, the next generation, our next generation should be better than than us. And I used the word better, and it didn't go very well. I said. And I don't know, I'm not really sure why, but I said, I believe they should be better than us. I believe they should be more spiritually in tune. I believe that they, that they should really, uh, uh, really be making more money in a sense of, you know, they know what they're doing with their money. I believe that they should be, should be better. And one of my cousins spoke up and he said, well, I don't really think so. And we were all around this round table. I haven't seen some of these people in a long time. And I began to think, you know, I said, Lord, don't let me off on this kid. Just help me. You know how I get sometimes. And I, and I said, Lord, just give me the right words to say to him. He goes, and he had just lost his dad. I, I actually did his dad's funeral. He just lost his dad, and he lost his brother when his brother was 18 many years ago. And he's got a chip on his shoulder still. And he said, I don't think so. I think that, that they don't necessarily get better as time goes on, as the generation comes up. And I'm thinking, you know, I, okay, where do I want to go? Where do I want to go? And I just thought, you know what? No matter what this kid said, I'm just going to love him just where he is. I said, I understand what you're saying, but I really believe that, that if we teach our children, they should be better off than us in the next generation. I mean, you, you guys that are, that are my generation or older, can, can I just get an amen? amen? Well, even though not everybody agreed with that, that's really scriptural. That's really, that's really biblical. That's really what we should believe. But I want to tell you something. 
Success begins in the spiritual realm. It does not begin with things here on earth. Now, saying that, and I'm speaking from experience this morning, success begins in the spiritual realm. Now, I'm not telling you that, oh, it's just some crazy, goofy thing out there that, you know, if you speak in tongues every day, if you pray in tongues every day, and you do this and you do that, then God's going to bless you with all kinds of money. Well, there are no dollar bills in heaven. So he's not going to rain them down upon you. How many of you realize that? There are no dollar bills in heaven. But he gives us the the he gives us an opportunity in life to be successful. But the thing the thing that that many of us Americans especially don't understand is that success begins in the spiritual realm. Because when we teach our children that the spiritual side of life is more important than everything else. It's kind of what we just read. He's, he's saying, you know, we need to understand that we, were, we, we have a new life. Those of us who are born again, and, and I'm, I'm probably talking to nearly everybody in this room, we have a new life. We have a life that this is how we used to be. Now this is how we are. Now I'm giving you this opportunity of living life how I have instructed you or you can live your life how you want to. God's not going to condemn you for living your life how you want to live it. But if we live our life how we want to live it sometimes and we're not following the things of God, we're not following the Word of God, then we may never see the spiritual side of success. You realize that? Are you still with me now? Now, here's the thing. You can make a lot of money without God. Oh, yes, you can. You can turn the TV on and turn it on, uh, go, go on TV about 6.30 at night and turn it on entertainment tonight and you can find out how wealthy people are out there without God. So if I stand up here and make the excuse that you cannot make money without the Lord in your life, I'm lying to you because you can't. And you can make it, you can hoard it, you can give it, you can... But without the spiritual side of... Uh, without the spiritual side of success, you can have as much as... You can just... You can be so prosperous on this earth and never enjoy anything that you have. But here's the thing about you as a Christian, as a born-again believer, is you have been called to a certain kind of love that the rest of the world has not. You have been called to a certain kind of love that the rest of the world has not. So let's go ahead and finish up the rest of this. We're gonna, what we start, we'll stop at 10. So we've only got seven little verses left. So let's go ahead and start it. Can you pull that back up for me, Ethan? Since God chose you to be holy, how many of you realize that you have been chosen to be holy? Two of you, good. You have been chosen to be holy. You have been chosen to be set apart. You have been chosen to be, you have been sanctified. So in other words, the more you understand who you are, the longer you live your life, the farther apart from the world you will be. That's what sanctified and holy means. The more you understand who you are in Christ, the separate, the more separated from the world you will be, even though you still live in the world. So you have been chosen to be holy people. He loves. You must clothe yourselves. Everybody say clothe. 
We're talking about clothes today. Somebody was thankful for his, for his clothes. Was that Mason? I'm thankful for Mason's clothes too, amen? <laughs> you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy. Now here's the people that I'm talking about that have been called to love. Because every born-again believer has been called to love. And get hit, there's, a, there's a kicker to this here in just a moment. You must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gen- gentleness, and patience. How many of you clothe yourself with all that stuff? Every day you go to work. I'll tell you what. I've worked for myself for 30-some-odd years now. I have not had a boss except for Gina, for 30-some-odd years. And I'm telling you, and I, and I come into contact with what I do, I don't just work for like two or three people. I work for hundreds of people a year. And some of you work, some of you are going, well, I work with thousands of people. And I, there's probably some of you with jobs like that, you deal with thousands of people a year. I work with hundreds of people a year, and there are some of those people that I just cannot make happy. I don't care what I do. I just cannot make them happy. It's just like they have a grudge against happiness. Met anybody like that? Well, these (laughs) these are the people he's talking about. These are the ones he's talking about. Let's go on and finish this. Make allowance for each other's faults. Wow, sometimes that's hard. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. We've heard this before, you know. We've heard this. We've probably heard this in here a thousand times or more for me. So we got to forgive others. And above all, there's that again. Everybody say clothe. Clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. I think we're going to go on. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. How many of you, how many of you truly believe that you're letting the peace of Christ rule in you right now? You don't have to, you don't have to raise your hand, but think about that for a minute. You know, when that person just really gets, there's that person, there's that, there's that person that really gets on your nerves, and it's every week I'm sitting here thinking of Brindley and, and Brooke, Brindley, not Brindley Moore, is that you have to deal with people. She cuts hair. I would never, ever. I have not been called to cut hair. Guaranteed. And she, she, she has to deal with people. You know, you got to think. You're, and there's, there's others out, out, out there like, like her that you have to deal with people on a personal basis. That's a personal basis. If you cut their hair wrong, you're going to see the negative side of a good person. You women, you should be nodding at me like this. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So we all deal with people like that, but this is, this is the people, these are the people that, that he's talking about right here. So and let peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts uh, for as members of one body, here's one body right here, we're family. We ought to be able to talk to each other like family, Right? <laughs> For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always, everybody say always, always always be thankful. How many of you are thankful all the time? Kind of hard, isn't it? We're all human beings in here. We're not thankful all the time. 
Come on, just, just be honest with me this morning. I don't think, you know, when I was reading this and I was studying this, I was thinking, I don't, I'm not really sure if I'm thankful all the time. I mean, really, if I look back, the Lord has given me everything that I have asked for. I'm not, I don't really think that there's not anything except for a Dodge Challenger. I don't have one yet. But the Lord's probably really telling me that I don't need one. At, the, at least this point in my life. May not be next year. Amen? But there are some things that I've asked for that I really didn't need. And there are some things that the Lord gave me that I didn't need. And I found out and had to sell them to get out of debt or whatever. How many of you have been there? Yeah. Sometimes, thank you for being honest back there. Sometimes we tend to do things, Lord, you know I really need this. I really need it. I got to have myself this. I got to have it, Lord, please. So he, he, he allows us to do those things. Sometimes we do them out of rebellion. We go out and buy. Worst thing I ever did was I went and bought a vehicle without Gina knowing it. Oh, yeah. It was new. And it was awesome. It was this little bitty back years ago. I think I told Jason this. Back years ago, there was, called, there was a Dahatsu Rocky. It was a little four-wheel drive, soft top, little Jeep. And I loved the looks of that thing. This was back in the 90s. Some of you weren't even born yet. Back in the 90s. And I thought, I'm going to go buy that thing. And so I did. I did. I went and bought it and I drove it home. And we lived in this little bitty house on the north side of Tulsa. We had just gotten married. And, you know, we were just barely getting along, barely making it. I mean, we were making it, but we were just, just whatever we had. I went and bought that thing and drove it home, and I, and I called Gina out of the house, and she came out and she just looked at it. Oh, yeah, I remember the day. She just looked at it, and she turned around and walked back in. Oh, I, I knew I was in trouble. Oh, man. I, I knew I was in trouble, but my, the, my pride that I was, you know, I thought, ah, so what? That thing was a thorn in my side until the very day I sold it. That thing sat out there, and where we lived was not in a very good place. It was right over on Dawson, and that was years ago. And somebody broke into it. All they had to do was rip the top off. They broke into it, took my radio, messed the top up, this and that. There was just trouble, problem after problem after problem with that car. I thought, I better get rid of that thing. And I did. I got rid of it. Some of you are looking at me like, oh my gosh, he did the same thing I did. <laughs> Just a different item. Sometimes we tend to get in a little bit of rebellion because we think we have to have these things when we don't. We don't. It has nothing to do with it. But you know what? I sure learned a lesson in that. Oh, yes, I did. I learned a good lesson in it. Always take Gina every time I buy a car. As a matter of fact, I give her the responsibility of going to find the car that she wants, and she must have a car. We buy cars with cash. We, don't, we hardly ever buy anything on, on credit anymore, vehicles. And so she has a certain amount of cash that she can spend, and that's it. We can't go buy a $50,000 car because we're paying cash. So we have to find... So she'll go out, she'll find the exact car she needs or that car, that car she wants, and I'll go out, check it out, and then everything's done, and she's as happy as a, you know, she just floats around like. 
And the thing about buying vehicles in cash is you can go trade them off in a couple years' time. When you get tired of them, you can go trade them off and go get you something else because you're not in debt in that car. Amen. <laughs> that makes things a lot easier, doesn't it? All right, let's finish up. Let the message about Christ in all His richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom He gives. Sing psalms and hear spiritual songs. To God, with thankful hearts, and whatever you do or say, do it as a representative to the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Do it as a representative to the Lord, giving thanks through Him to God the Father. Success begins in the spiritual realm. If you want to be successful, if you, if, you, if you really sense in your heart that God has called you to be a giver, then success begins in the spiritual realm. You need to find out what really God has called you to do. Success does not begin in your checkbook. It doesn't begin in your bank account. Now, I'm just going to be, I'm just going to be, I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to be perfectly honest because we're, we're going to close here and you guys are going to have to deal with this when you leave here because I, I can tell by the looks on your face this is hitting some of you pretty hard. But success, success does not begin with how much money you have in the bank. It does not begin with your job. It does not begin with anything on the earthly side of things. But the thing is, is that when you understand, when you know in your heart that you have been called to this agape love. And agape love is that love that... Did you know that agape love is that kind of love that you cannot get hurt because of what somebody says to you? Do you know agape love is, is that kind of love that, that no matter what's done to you, that you do not despise that person? Do you know agape love is one of those love, is that love, not one of them, but is that love that will never let you down. Ever. But the thing is, is we have to clothe ourselves with it. And when you look at that back in the Greek, of actually what that meant, that means that you have to put it on. When you go out into the world every day, you had the choice. What you said. You had the choice to put on agape love or not. Yeah, you do. Well, Mark, I thought since I was born again and a Christian that I just did everything right. No, you do not. Because you're still a human being. I mean, there are times when I wake up on the wrong side of the bed. Yes. And I get out there, and I don't want to have to put up with anybody. There was somebody that called me the other day that that just, I didn't know where in the world they were coming from, what the things that they were saying. You know, when I when I stopped talking to them, she actually messaged me on I, she actually IM'd me. That's how we talk these days. She IM'd me and said, I really didn't like what you did. She hadn't said anything in a year. I really don't like what you did, and I don't like the way you did it. I said, well, I don't even recognize your name. I mean, I deal with hundreds of people a year. I said, please tell me. Well, we just didn't like... 
she could never explain to me why she didn't like it. I said, well, let me come over and fix it. Well, we just don't have time. This is, this is just boiling on the inside of me. I said, well, I want to fix it because you just publicly said that you didn't like what I did. And I'm real, I'm real particular about the way I do things. I always have been. She said, well, we just don't have time. So you know what it was? She liked to, she was just like to complain. So on the inside of me, I'm thinking, I'm going to, I'm going to go take pictures and I'm going to tell everybody that she just told there's nothing wrong with what I did. And the Lord said, yeah, you're really showing that agape love that you're getting ready to teach on. <laughs> Amen. You just really, see, we tend to, boil, those things tend to, boil, that's the person that God has called me to. That's the kind of person that God has called you to. So here it is, folks. In closing, if you really want to be successful in life, if you really, you know, if you really have been called to make a lot of money, maybe it's make, make a lot of money, maybe it's do this, is you have to put yourself, you have to put everybody else before yourself. You've got to put other people before yourself. Stop thinking about, here's, here's, here's uh, for years, here's, here's the number one thing that I can tell if I'm thinking about myself or not. If I had those three words, if I had, if I had just a little more money, I would give this amount. If I had just a little more, if I had this car, if I had this house, if I had this, then I would do this. You are making deals with God. That's all you're doing. You're making deals with God, and generally, if you have this, you will not give any more than what you're giving right now. Don't you love this old 55-year-old experience up here? Amen. You know why I can say this? Because I have done it so many times. I've, done, I've, I've made mistakes so many times, I don't want to see you make the same mistake. I don't. I don't want to see my kids make the same mistake. Do not go chasing after money. Do not put your first idea on, if I could make this, if I could just get the education to where I could make this much money. If you have money on your mind, you're not living in agape love. Because truly, if you had agape love, if you were clothed, you already got it. If you were clothed in it, you'd be thinking, what, who can I help today? Who can I give just a good word to today? Who can I, if I need to keep my mouth shut, Lord, to help somebody, then that's exactly what I'm going to do. Agape love. But we have the choice to put it on. Every morning you have a choice what to wear before you go out. You have that choice. You have the same choice to put on love or not. That's where success begins. Amen? Amen. Hey, I'm done. Stand up with me. Let me read this to you. Agape love must be a decision in life. It must be put on like the clothes you wear every day. 
When you wake up every morning, make the decision to put on the love of God that is already in your heart. This is where success begins. Remember 1 Corinthians, the love chapter? Without love, I have nothing. Without the love of God, I have nothing. But the thing about it is, is each and every person in this room has the love of God already. You are not waiting for the love of God. You've already got agape love in your heart right now. You just have to make the choice. I just have to make the choice to put it on. Amen? We have a new black belt in this little group. Did you know that, that we have... The little Pashong, Hong Kong Pashong over here is what I call him. He is a black belt. Look at him. Look at him. Would you ever see him out? You know, would you ever know that he was a black belt if he was walking around? I was thinking about that this morning. So I, I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking. Would I ever know? He has such a humble spirit about him. Would I ever know that he was a black belt? I'm thinking I should have had him come up here and maybe bring Coonrod up here and let him show us what a black belt can do. <laughs> <laughs> but he is a I don't know if those of you who hadn't followed but he is a he just got his black belt and he is an instructor now right is that right man awesome he's going in the Navy in January is that right you're still going going in the Navy in January I thought man this guy has you know he has clothed himself but you walk around and you look at him and he is such a humble looking fella. He is such, he's one of those guys that you just, you know, you just look at him and you just, you just got to love him. He's kind of one of those that you got to go up there and hug him, right? Little do you know that he is a, yes. <laughs> he could protect you everywhere you go. He has clothed himself. That's exactly who we are. We walk around and we, you know, this is who we are, but you know, we are warriors on the inside. Just like this black belt right here. He's a warrior on the inside. That's who you are. 